everybody. Thank you for coming back to the CNC replay. Just something real quick. We had a little malfunction with our microphones at the beginning of the recording this episode, so we jump right into topics. Uh, we don't get any fun intro banter, but all three of us are here and ready to talk. So that's what's happening, um, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm on Ross St. Brown is our wide receiver of the future. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. That's 100%. The final six six or eight games of the year, he had eight receptions and over 80 yards in each of them with a score, I believe. No, maybe not. That's too much. Um, <laughs> That's but, too much credit. Can't give the Lions too much. Actually, I think it was in the final six games he had eight receptions or more from a rookie wide receiver, and he holds mm-hmm. now the rookie receptions record for the Lions previously held by Roy Williams, who was a stud before Calvin Johnson, and then we really knew what a stud was after that. Besides the point, he's been playing great. Um, mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the biggest in stature, but you can literally throw him wherever on the field. You can have him, you know, do the pitches like they did in Seattle, or run up the middle like they did in Seattle, or slot out wide, whatever. It's kind of like he's kind of like a skinnier Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel, if you guys haven't been paying attention, um, wide receiver for the 49ers. or is he a running back? Or is he running back? Is he a quarterback? Is he a tight end? So he does it all. He does it all, but he's like he's like a thick dude, like like thicker than most wide receivers. Oh, don't don't oh. thick. Right, no. with multiple H's and I's, but only one C. Um, but the point is, he's kind of everywhere on the field for the 49ers, and he's he's what makes that offense electric and. I think you're going to start seeing more receivers in that type of role, like throw them wherever, kind of fill in. Um, kind of like how Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara were reshaping what the running back position looked like. Debo Samuel is changing what the wide receiver position looks like. And the Lions may have a comparable player to Debo in Amon Ross St. Brown. But on the same side, he can go out, get eight receptions, over 100 yards, and he's... He's great. He's been absolutely phenomenal the second half of the year. And if it weren't for Jamar Chase, he could be in the rookie of the year conversation. But he's not going to be anywhere close because Jamar Chase is an absolute freak. Um, so played great yesterday. Um, Jared Goff looked. Do you want to say the word? Good. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he's he's been playing with more confidence since the second half of the year. I think we can all agree with that. He was horrible. Absolutely horrible the first half. But now he's... I mean, he enjoys being here. Why wouldn't you? After, you know, you get traded away from a place that didn't want you. And then he's like, well, no one else wants me, so I better play well for these guys. And he's been playing... I don't want to say... Ex- ugh, I don't want to say exceptionally better, but I want to say better. He's been... Mm-hmm. He's now been serviceable. I'm not ready to go over the hump there. Um, but it still looks like this is going to be a guy who's going to be at the helm for at least next year as well, given the given where the Lions are picking in the draft this upcoming season and the quarterback, um, the quarterback pool right now. Now that could drastically change come draft time. That usually always does. A quarterback shoots up and ends up being a top ten pick. Right now, there's no quarterbacks that are projected to be in the top ten right now as it stands, which hmm. is kind of crazy considering we just had a draft where I think five were taken in the top in the first 10 picks of the draft, which is a little bit unheard of. 
or at least very high up in the draft. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they do with him next year. And if he can build off of that confidence, then I think maybe we won't be as disgusted is the word um, with Goff running out there, leading the lions at quarterback. But this is what we talked about at the beginning of the year. It's like, they're going to mess around and make Goff the quarterback of the future. And I don't think unless something drastically changes, I don't think anybody in Detroit wants that, but Goff has been playing better, mm-hmm. serviceable. That's good. Swift came back, played well, scored uh, scored a touchdown late at the game that was pretty big. And then uh, the defense showed up a little bit. Uh, Tracy Walker uh, sealed the game with a game-ending interception, which is is kind of nice because he's like the the veteran presence and like probably the best veteran player we have on the roster right now. And so to see him kind of close everything out, like that's good. What more to say about Penny Sewell? He's been great. He's got that bulldog mentality that you'd want, especially from an offensive lineman. Um, and I finally figured out how to evaluate Dan Campbell. Um, we all know locker room culture is much, much better. I think we can all agree on that. And players have come out and said, we love playing for Dan Campbell. Awesome. Love that. Dan Campbell is the is the head coach equivalent of what regular people would do if they're a head coach. Like so like you you play a bunch of mad and you're like I don't know why they don't do this all the time. Dan Campbell's having wide receivers, fifth string wide receivers throw 75-yard touchdown passes in the game. <laughs> he's having he's having his starting slot receiver run right up the middle uh on They on did a, a three-man weave. They did a three-man weave. He's doing onside kicks once a week and recovering over half of those. Uh, uh, I think the Lions have a 50% success rate on onside kicks this year. They did a fake punt with Jake Fox last, or Jack Fox last week. Um, on R40. On, on R40. R40. <laughs> and that's that's the – this is the good side because we were all like, why on earth is Dan Campbell going for it on our own 35 in a – it was on Thanksgiving, right? Or around Thanksgiving. I don't. I can't remember which game it was. And we're like, what the heck is this man doing? Now he's doing crazy stuff and he's converting on these, these calls. You would think that that's not sustainable, but I'm going to say, why wouldn't it be? That's, I mean, you try to prepare for the unexpected in anything you do in the NFL. But if you have multiple guys that can do multiple things at any given time like you have to be like ready for it and the second that you're not that's when the team is going to execute against you so the fact that we have some random short white guy who can do a little like wide receiver like pitch and then go into uh wow that freaked me out for a second marielle went through your screen and i thought it was in my room and i was like wait what (laughs) but Oh, oh my God! I didn't even know you were in here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's yeah, we're recording the crap out of me. The video too? Yeah, the video's not recording, but the video doesn't record. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, audio records. You do not. That gave me a heart attack. That gave me a heart attack. Oh my gosh. And that gave Chris a heart attack. Holy uh, yes. Was I the only one that knew that she was there in in her proper place? I can't hear. I mean, per, probably. She's not in the kitchen, Noel. What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> now, now that is Chris not is what I said. Now Chris is going to get canceled. 
Um, by his wife. <laughs> by his wife. No, she made some darn good tacos today, so... I know. You've talked about that. Yeah, sorry. I want some I want some Mar- Mariel's tacos. Yeah. That would be great. Um But yeah, if Dan Campbell can like consistently be inconsistent as far as like how teams like prepare for the Lions, um I feel like that could be a sustainable game plan. Like trick plays out the wazoo because like they're trick plays, so they're hard to plan for them. And if you can do that from multiple different fashions, then I think you can have a element to your offense or defense, fair or you know, or special teams, um, that would end up working in your favor the majority of the time. We saw it play out in the beginning of the year, um, didn't work, and now we're seeing it. I mean, the games don't matter right now, but now we're seeing it happen and execute on our side at the end of the year. So that kind of gives you hope. That's that's a recipe for success. You have players that want to be here, want to play for your coach, and then you're having some sort of success at the end of the year. What more could you want from a team that didn't make the playoffs? To the bad? Chris what? has some Sorry. opinions on oh. yes. what we want from a team that's not winning. Okay. I think it is, to, to lose. I think it is very safe <laughs> to say that Aiden Hutchinson is better than Thibodeau. Right now, I'm not saying that there has been arguments that Thibodeau has a higher ceiling. I completely agree. But Aiden Hutchinson ended the year with a 94.5 defensive rating. Thibodeau, 91.5. Also, Aiden Hutchinson's from Michigan. Why wouldn't you want him on your team? Now, here's my thing. I understand no one expected Jacksonville to beat the Colts. That was not anything that's to be expected. I completely understand. But... You're playing against a team who has clinched their number, the, the NFC. They have the first week by, they're playing their backups. They're, there's no way they're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers more than they did. And I think that was too much anyways that they played him that much at, at all. I would not have done that. With that being said, why would you not want to try to at least get the number one overall pick? I know you can't actually try to get the number one overall but why would you start... Our our starters, our studs, why risk injury at this point when you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by them? What studs? Amon St. Bra- uh, Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff, the best quarterback in the league. No, you're telling me Jared Goff is the best. No, uh, but my thing is, and it pains me because now more and more of like the mock drafts are coming up that Aiden Hutchinson's like, like, early in the year, it was Thibodeau. Oh, my gosh, Thibodeau. And then people realized that Aiden Hutchinson's better than Thibodeau. And I think the value that we've gotten from Hutchinson being homegrown, come driving 30 minutes from or an hour from Ann Arbor to the big house to drive him down to Detroit <clears throat> would have been far more worth it than getting Thibodeau over in Oregon, who I, don't, I still think is going to be great, and we're going to take whoever's left. But I think it would have been much better to lose the game, get Hutchinson, and I don't know, maybe let Jordan Love look like a hero. That's my thing, but kind of hard to do. <clears throat> Anyways, also we lost Jordan. We we lost to Jordan Love, who had two opportunities for game-winning drives and threw two interceptions. It was not a glorious win. That I will say that jet sweep pa- or the wheel route, whatever it was, jet sweep pass play that was sick. That was yeah, that was nasty. That was nasty. That was really cool. But yeah. Besides that, I I will I will stop talking. It angers me. I wanted Hutchinson, and I don't think we're gonna get him now. 
Chris, to agree with you, this win meant absolutely. This, this was the bad side. This win means nothing. This was the worst win we could have. This is the worst time we could have won. <laughs> absolutely, all Actually, season. No, this was the worst time. This is the worst time that we could have won. And this win doesn't do anything but boosts team morale into the off season, which cool. Which we're fine. getting rid but, of. <laughs> no, no, we're not getting rid of because we're going to keep everybody, and then we have a, a a culture that's hopefully budding in the right direction of players who, if we're not going to be good. At least, like, let's get players who want to be here sure. and want to play for this guy because that's how you would recruit. That's how you would change the culture by having a culture that people want to be around because the players that are here now, I think, genuinely like being here now. On the flip side of that, sure. this win means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. No. In the beginning of the year, you wish you would have had this win against the Packers on Monday night. Great. Yeah. Um, that's the bad side of this, and you hurt your draft stock. Now, nobody on that sideline, or who's playing for it at least, anybody, nobody that's directly dealing with the players on the field, that includes coaches, coordinators, and players, care about drafts. They're professionals. They're, gonna, they're not going to go out and try to lose yeah, so like absolutely. a player can come and take their spot. That's not going to happen. Everybody else, fans in front office, are like, yes, lose this game so we can get the first overall pick. But why not give our backups? Feel the tinfoil hat. Why not Stop give it. our backups some more experience? Would you? What I, I was what I would say. It's like at the end of the Red Wing season when Luke Witkowski comes to play, something like that. Where we just we're trying to get these guys some experience. We know we're going to lose the game. Let's lose gloriously, and it's going to give the starters a rest. I think everyone would be happy. That's the decision I would have made. I understand that the cult, like we want to win. That's the thing. That's cool. I get it. Great. It's hard to count to win when they're playing their backup quarterback. That's what I'm going to say. That's that, I will I will gouge. Leave, I'll leave it at that. I will gouge my eyes out if I have to watch Tim Boyle play another snap for this team. <laughs> but, but you would be receiving arguably one of the best players to come out of Michigan since Brady. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, but also on the flip side of this, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you you why Hutchinson is better than Thibodeau right now. Hutchinson's about two years older. He's developed a little bit more than Thibodeau. Thibodeau is athletically probably better than Hutchinson. Yes, Uh, Hutchinson is uh, technique wise better than Thibodeau. Um, But on the flip side, yes, I think anybody would want Hutchinson over Thibodeau right now, just comparing stock. Yeah. However. It's not like Thibodeau isn't going to be good. Yeah, he's going to be so phenomenal. I think, well, may, well, that's that's up to the Lions because he's more of a project than, than Hutchinson would be. Sure. Um, on the flip side of that, yeah, like that's my thing you know. is he's he's to me he's comparable to Panay Sewell just on the other end. Like he's got he's he's big, he's aggressive, he's got solid technique. That's the type of player that I would want, especially because that's kind of the culture that we got with our line. So why not put that over? I don't know. He's definitely. I, I will agree with you. Thibodeau is way more athletic, and I think that he has the capability of being better than Hutchinson. Yeah, but I do think Hutchinson's a better culture fit. I do too, Detroit. and I also think that Hutchinson's way more of a sure bet than Th- than Thibodeau. That's just hmm. where I'm at. But anyways, well, we'll have we'll have all off season. And I can't wait. This. The combine's like my favorite time of the year. It makes me so happy watching the combine. It, it's 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 a good time. It's a good time. Uh, Pistons? Thoughts? 
Um, said a whole lot. She no, just kind of let okay. us yell at each other. Yeah, that was that's usually my plan. Um, I don't know. We beat the Packers. That always feels good to me. So yeah, screw the Packers. Um, but I was wondering if somebody could explain kind of what this week looks like in the off season, just really briefly. Not off season. Uh, postseason for the teams that are in postseason. Just kind of explain what's happening this week since there's a lot going on. If a yeah, Pee football team wears Packers jerseys, did we beat the Packers? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Are they paid by the team, by the people that own the Packers? Yes, we beat them. Well, the Packers are owned by the people. Packers. The people's team. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Explain what's going on this week. Okay. So, uh, wild card weekend, mm-hmm. um, or first round of the NFL playoffs, uh, we have games on Saturday, Sunday, and for the first time ever on Monday night, oh. um, which is really cool. Um, I believe. No, it's not the Bucks. It's somebody. Oh no, I think it's the Rams and Cardinals, uh, Cardinals on Monday night. Um, so that's pretty. Can't cool. wait. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. We're rooting for Stafford hardcore, even though that would hurt our draft pick. But still, it doesn't matter. We knew we were going to get a bottom third uh, draft pick anyway out of that deal. Um, um, what was I going to say? The top two teams in the conferences: Green Bay was the number one seed in the NFC, and surprisingly, the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. So they are the they are the teams that get the uh, first round buys. However, I don't know if you guys watched the final game of the year. Everything played out to where the final game in Las Vegas between the Raiders and the Chargers wild. Um, was absolutely wild. Probably the best game of the year. Yeah. Um, and essentially, both of those teams could have made the playoffs if the game ended in a tie. Just That's how it worked out because the Colts lost to the Jaguars. That's how it worked just be a tiebreakers and all that crazy people who do the math stuff. Um, but Raiders had a two touchdown lead, more than a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Chargers came back and tied the game and sent it into overtime to where the Raiders had the ball first, didn't convert, kicked a field goal. So that means the Chargers could go and kick a field goal and keep the game going or score a touchdown and win. Chargers did not score a touchdown. They kicked a field goal. And now it's like the final two or four minutes left after the Chargers kick the field goal, and the Raiders are rushing the ball a couple times and then getting a first down, and like clock is ticking. And if these teams tie, they both go to the playoffs. Clock is ticking. It gets down to the Raiders are at the 50, past the 50 a little bit. It's third and four, and there's about 38 seconds left. So the Raiders were kind of content on just making sure nothing happens. We don't want anything to screw this up. We're going to get to the playoffs if we tie. We're, we have control of our destiny. The Chargers call a timeout with 38 seconds to go to try to get the ball back. They would have had to call another timeout and essentially probably would have been around 30 to 28 seconds. At best, You they get a touchback. They're on their own 20-yard line, and then they have... 28 seconds with no timeouts to go down the field and kick a game-winning field goal, odds are that's not going to happen. And the Raiders were very much content with just running the ball out. They called the timeout. Plans changed immediately. They set up a better run play. They gained, it was third and four, they gained eight yards. And they chewed the clock down to get to two seconds, and then they kicked a game-winning field goal to win and go to the playoffs and knock the Chargers out. So, I only say this because that was absolute bananas and... My my roommate had made a parlay, not a whole lot of money, that, but like just a ridiculous parlay to like those things setting up perfectly to have the tie to send them. 
he would have made five hundred thousand dollars if the game ended in a tie. Oh my god! No the bet, the bet, way. The bet was not. It wasn't like he didn't bet. He didn't bet like three hundred and fifty dollars. No, he bet like under a hundred. That's... He was two seconds away from $500,000. His brother, $1.2 million he would have made. Oh, my if the game God. Ended. That's way too stressful for me. Oh, it was – as soon as it hit the four minutes and then Chargers kicked the field, I was like, I believe this is going to happen. <laughs> and then it didn't. Oh, my gosh. So he had a bad so, day. It wasn't even that – he didn't like – I mean, like, yeah. he lost out on that, but he didn't, like, lose – any money yeah or i mean he he did lose his bet which wasn't oh. a whole lot in the grand scheme of things but oh. he could have had he could have had half a million dollars if 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 the raiders missed the kick it was a 47 yard field goal attempt so like that's not a gimme right. if he missed the kick he would have he, he would have had five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> wild i love absolutely sports. wild sports are great <laughs> i love sports oh my gosh this is brought to you yeah. by fanduel no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Nope. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Ben, cut that out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So wild, wild time. Yeah. Exciting, exciting. NFL playoffs are always great, and if it's anything like the season finale, we're in for a good playoff bracket, and then mm-hmm. hopefully a very nice Super Bowl to end this season. Yep. All righty. Bull, bull. Uh, yeah. We have a new piston. Dude, bull, bull is a piston. I'm jacked because Bull Bull is like eight feet tall. And given that... He's not eight centers, feet. He's seven foot two, but sure. Given that none of our centers were close to seven feet before, wow. Look out, world. And like, so the deal doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. He came from Denver, um, and his his contract is expiring at the end of the year. Um, so he didn't necessarily have a whole lot of value to begin with, but the mm-hmm. Pistons only got him for a second-round pick and Rodney McGruder, who's a bench player. Bulbul's going to start for the remainder of this year. And <laughs> yes. Like, it's not, I mean, it's not like, oh, we're going to go to the play-in, but, but like, he, like we just traded a second-round pick and a, and a bench player, a role player, for one of our starters now. Sick. That's awesome. We love to see it. And I, w- I would assume... The Pistons made this trade with in mind to try to re-sign him and keep him on the roster for next year. Because now, this is, I guess, bad news for my man, Luca Garza. Um, but most likely next year, you'll have a rotation of Bull Bull, Kelly Olenek, and if he doesn't get traded, um, and Isaiah Stewart. With Bull Bull and Isaiah Stewart being, I think, the main guys. And then you might you could have an opportunity where you go bigger, um, or like a bigger rotation. So... Um, having a Linux at the power forward, which he's done before, or having Stewart at the power forward, which maybe he hasn't done before very well, but I guess would would have to, or Bulbul at the power forward. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not Dwayne Casey. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Um, so sick, love that deal. Um, and then don't, Pistons might be the hottest team in Detroit right now. They beat they beat the Jazz last night. Jazz mm-hmm. are they beat the Jazz on the road. They beat Milwaukee to start the new year. Um, they beat the Spurs on a buzzer beater. They just beat the Jazz on the road and like scored 126 points on the road as well. And I think the Pistons at one point in that Jazz game were down 20-plus points, and they came back and won. Crazy. Sadiq Bey has been playing like a man-possessed. Mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham had 29 points yesterday in the game against the Jazz. 
Things are looking up. Finals bound. That, well, oh, play in tournament bound. I have to see where because the, the East is horrible. The East is absolutely terrible. So let's. let's I mean, uh, let's let's calm down. I think they've only won seven games. So no, they nine. No, I think they've nine won eight games, games, guys. Nine, nine, nine and games? thirty. Wow, I have not been paying attention clearly. All right, so let's 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 take a look at this, friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the horrible ESPN bracket. They're nine and thirty. They have won one, two, or no, no. So they they beat the Jazz 126 to 116. They beat the Magic at home. They lost the Grizzlies pretty bad. They lost the Hornets pretty bad. But they beat the Bucks and then they beat the Spurs. So pretty good stretch. Um and. Yeah, no, they're yeah they won't they won't be in contention for the playing tournament. But we like to see wins, we like to see some improvement, and the guys are meshing well. At least Bay's, Bay looks like a cornerstone piece to this this roster. And we talked a couple weeks ago about potentially trading him for some package of Miles Turner or um, Isaiah Stewart. And now it's like I, I wouldn't trade him at all ever right now especially with the way that he's playing. Um, Diallo has been uh, resurgent um, since that scuffle. We talk about that like once a week, and he looks like to be an important piece of this team. And Cade Cunningham's Cade Cunningham. He's only going to get better. Um, so, cool. Good stuff happening. Believe in Weaver we trust. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll see some more exciting basketball next year. Maybe. And also means that Jeremy Grant is probably unfortunately out of here. I think we're all Jeremy Grant fans. Yeah. I think that we were yes. all, well, Chris, you weren't really here when he was on, like, like when he started doing stuff. I don't know. I can't remember when you get, when you left and then when you came back, but like, it felt like he entered, like he shot energy back into the team. Um, Just, you know, him being yeah. who, who he was and, us not really knowing anything about him and then coming in and kind of taking over that veteran leader position. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now that, you know, Kate is, is, is moving up and Sadiq has seemed to find his game. Unfortunately, Jeremy Grant's position is kind of losing relevancy on this team. Well, he's, he's losing. I don't want to say he's losing a spot, but, um, that's a that's a piece that can now be expendable. Um, yes. Which I mean, because now, like his value is still, I, I don't want to say an all time high because he's been hurt for the majority of the season, but his value is still mm-hmm. high. He's still. I mean, a very people are calling piece. about him, so like, absolutely. Yeah. The Lakers would love to have him, but they just don't have anything to offer. So he will be traded at some point for what I don't know, but it'll probably be a first round pick or more. LeBron. <laughs> Who's who says no? At least make them say no. It's always a question. The, yes. only, the worst they could say is no, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, yeah. the worst they could do is laugh. Yeah, That always feels worse than saying no. Make them say no. Doesn't yeah, that's... It's not going to happen. But that no, is a possibility. No. <laughs> no. no. It's no. a possible it's ask. It's not going to happen. We'll see. <laughs> All righty. No. What about, like, uh, Anthony Davis? Christopher. What about what about Prime Michael Jordan for Jeremy what Grant? About, <laughs> but who says no? What about uh, what about Russell? What about Michael West, Jordan what about now? Russell Westbrook. He's almost sixty. He probably could still get it, right? 
Oh, he can definitely still get it, but I yeah, he can get it. Yeah, he can definitely get it. But he can get it. <laughs> <laughs> moving Off on the to the Tigers. Team. So the Tigers, uh, Corey, <laughs> are not doing anything. Do you want to know why, Chris? Why? We are in a lockout for Major League Baseball. Woo! So um, that's bad. Because with no movement at all, we look like we're not going to have a new collective bargaining agreement in time for spring training to start. Yay! Because uh, the at the end of February, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. And there has been nothing as far as negotiations for the entire month of December. Yes, Noel? Um, I have a quick question. Um, yes. How do you have spring training without any teams? You don't. Okay, that's, that's the, what I thought. That's the that's the that's the kicker right there. Um, you don't have that, so we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but they are meeting uh, this Tuesday, or no, no, no. Actually, excuse me. They're meeting this Thursday um, for the first time in like three weeks, which is good. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's progress. But kind it's of. It's progress, but. To get a deal done in time is not likely. So something is going to happen, whether the season is going to be delayed or cut into. I do not think, if you had to give me a confidence meter for if Major League Baseball is going to start on time, I would say 90% it does not start on time. Mm-hmm. So, who, so who are the people that are meeting at this meeting on Thursday? Like, who's going to be in the room for that? Whatever, conference uh, Major League whatever. Baseball and the Players Association. Okay. Bargaining session Thursday. That's Jeff Bassan. He's been reporting that. Um, it's, it would be the first time the sides have met since they locked out on the 2nd of December. Yeah. That's so bad. a month and a half ago. However, we are in day 39 of the lockout, and the Mike Trout drawings are still up and all over the uh, baseball subreddit. Um and I'm trying to find the best one. There's this There's this weird one that I just saw. Um, maybe I should just go to his... Oh, here we go. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, it's Mike Trout uh, with the David Bowie album of, of, like, the lightning bolt on his... Mm-hmm. On his eye. That's probably the best one that, that I've seen this week. So that was day... 38 of the lockout. So just recently. That was the best picture. So if you're if you're wondering what it looks like, <laughs> go to the baseball subreddit and you will see what it looks like. It's pretty fun. I like this and this is this is your weekly update for the MLB lockout. Ta-da. And now we come to my favorite portion of this podcast. We have some wonderful news. I'm wearing my Red Wings sweatshirt because I don't have a Lidstrom jersey, but folks, Nick Lidstrom, the perfect human, is back, back with the Red Wings organization. He's back. He has officially been brought back as the VP of Hockey Operations, which if you were like me and were like, what the heck does a VP of Hockey Operations do? Um, basically, he's going to help out the defense. It, yes, but he's basically Iserman's right-hand man. That is that is his basic job description. He will be, according to Iserman, involved in every aspect of hockey operations on in the Red Wings. So... Like one of the, I watched the press conference nice. during my lunch today, and um, somebody asked, like, so what are his specific PH. things gonna? 
what his specific role is going to be within the organization. Um, and Steve was just like, you know, he has got such a great hockey mind. He knows players. He knows the league. He knows um, the systems. And he's so good at that stuff that we're all just excited to talk to him and pick his brain. Like, we all just want advice from him. And I was like, frick, yes. This is – I'm so excited. The two, you know, two of the greatest hockey legends living are running the Red Wings organization. Like, just – it's a it's a it's a win day for the Red Wings. Red Wings, it is. I love it's it. Such a good day. Also, it's Mo Sider's birthday as we're recording happy this. Birthday. So, like, it, this was basically a uh, a happy birthday gift to him, in my opinion. Ha- happy birthday, Mo. Happy birthday, Mo. Let me give you a teacher. But hey, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are going to have to take the rain on the Red Wings conversation because I have to leave. Bye bye. Okay. Bye, bud. So, bye. I know I've done that once before, and we felt like that me just piecing out in the middle of the podcast was going to be more awkward. So It is. Appreciate you saying Lidstrom. goodbye. Yay for Lidstrom. We love to see it. Um, and super excited that he'll specifically be working with the defense because this defense still isn't very good. No. It's not. No. It's not. It's not. No, no. We'll discuss That's this. Fine. We'll discuss this. So, yes. you two have at it. Have fun out there, childrens. Bye, bye Dad. Bud. Alrighty. Chris, did you have any thoughts on the yeah. Nick Lidstrom signing? Could or you imagine signing? being Who knows? A, like a rookie defenseman and it's like it's it's summer. You're in you're in Traverse City, you're practicing and uh you you go to the to the practice site one one lovely morning and the two people teaching you are Nick Lidstrom and Nicholas Cronwall. That'd be the that'd be the, I, be the best I day cannot. of my life. That would be so good. So good. I'd be very happy. Um, So some other details that I got from this press conference, he is still going to be living in Sweden. They've um, figured out a way for him to be like fully virtual and then just make flights as needed. Um, Okay. And so a large portion of his job is going to be working with the Euro, our our kids in Euro leagues. So like Simon Edvinson, he's going to be checking in on him and making sure that he's like developing the right way and like creating relationships with those guys um, which is really cool. I think that to have an executive, specifically Nick Lidstrom, working overseas, based overseas, to actually have a hand kind of directly on that stuff is a really cool way to set up the hockey operation. And, you know, we live in the 21st century. We just survived a, a lockdown where we all worked virtually for Lord knows how long. Um, this is, we live in a world where this is completely possible and plausible, so... I think it's going to be – I'm just super excited. I've been on, on on a happy cloud all day because of it. I'm just excited to see him back in the back in the system. The Iser plan is coming together so mm-hmm. well, and it mm-hmm. is clearly pointed out, and we had no doubts ever, nor did you need to have any <laughs> doubts ever, just because it is so such a clear and beautiful way to the cup. And I truthfully believe that in the next couple of years, we will be back. We're almost, we're so close to wild card as it is right now. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think next year we won't be in wild card at least. Or mm-hmm. even, yeah, I don't know, but I, mm. not, I'm not saying high. I'm not saying high in the playoffs, but maybe we'll be at a wild card. But I'm very, very thrilled as to the future. I'm very thrilled for all of our 
draft picks that just from last year's draft and the year before that are still mm-hmm. on their way. Uh, we have arguably one of the best farm farm class right now, and uh, I have a feeling and I hope if things don't go well, which I, I don't expect, we might make a playoff push, and if we do, that'd be awesome, but if we don't, I think hopefully we'll see a couple more names appear later in the season for their first NHL games just to grab some experience as we've been doing in the past. And that's going to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be very happy for cheap tickets and prospects. So <laughs> yeah, it's the only person still living in that area must be ah, going Saturday. Must be nice. Hopefully going Saturday. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. We're very excited. Yeah. So yeah. Um, in other news, the Red Wings have lost and then, won and then lost again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the on-ice play has not improved since our last podcast. It seems to have stagnated somehow. Um, Dylan Larkin got hurt. He has an upper body injury that has been unspecified. We don't know what it is. And he doesn't have a timeline either. So that's super exciting. Uh, we were just talking about last week how he and, and Bert were sharing the load of the motor of the team. And now Bert's going to have to carry it. So Not good. So, you know. Not good. Not good all around. Uh, Chris's favorite is coming back. He doesn't have a timeline. He is skating. So I guess I guess we don't know if he's coming back soon. But Jacob Rana is back on the ice, back practicing with folks. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure you're very excited about this. Yes. I'm very thrilled about this. However, I'm not as thrilled about it with Larkin being gone. So. <laughs> right. We need, we need some more We need the second best for... player on the team to be back. Oh, shut your face. <laughs> before Jacob no. Rana shows up. No. He's going to come back no. guns blazing. I'm talking Clint Eastwood cowboy movie. Just, <laughs> just lasering him in. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's the piece we needed. So Yeah. I think in terms of like who, what team is going to do. Nope. I, what sentence am I trying to form here? Uh, in terms of which team is the most exciting to watch now, I think Pistons right now kind of wins, but I think the Red Wings are like, you know, knocking at their door, knocking at, at spot number one, just because like the talent of the young guys on this team is undeniable. We have a few tie-ups. Uh, Danny DeKaiser is still playing a number, you know, number two, number three defensive (laughs) pairing. (laughs) Correct. Um, that'll be still playing. Really? He's just yeah, still that'll be Nick's first up. first bit of advice. He'll come in and be like, "Why is why is Daniel still here?" It's time. Um, we it's time. We need to oh. um get that cap. No, I think off. he'll be done by the end of the season. So that it's just they're just trying to get him his through his last year, which I understand, but also mm, um yeah, I don't was there any other news that we had for the Red Wings and or life in general no we are four points out of wild card but we also Mm -hmm. have four games above boston so it's not looking great we need there's still a lot of hockey left to play and so what Mm -hmm. i will say is is it's not those four games i mean that could be one great week for the red wings and one poor week for boston and we're back in it so it's we're really not that far as we think if Larkin comes back pretty soon and Rana is back pretty soon and we're still within eight to ten points of wild card, I have a feeling we make a push. But 
We shall see as to what will happen. I would love to see some Red Wings playoff hockey for the first time of my Red Wings fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be great, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I think the the only problem with not problem, but like the only hindrance to that is our uh, away games. Yeah. We do not play well. This team does not play well. Not in their home barn. Yeah. Uh, the West Coast tour was proof of that. It was, it was bad. It was really bad, <laughs> really bad tour. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of our games are away games still. So we'll just have to take those as we come and hope they hope hope that they improve on on the swing uh, those yes. last couple months. And hopefully, it starts um, tonight in San Jose. Uh, supposedly, yep. we have beat them already. I think twice before. So I think this is the third or second time. I know at least once, but we're hoping to sweep them. This is the last time we play them all season and this could be a sweep. So, uh, hopefully we pull up some slack with Larkin not being there and the blast blender mate work in our favor. And hopefully we get a win tonight. That's what I'll say. Yeah. We'll see what the blast blender does. Um, I would love to see more. I would love to see um, Joe Valeno step up a little bit more. Yes. Obviously, we want we all want more production out of Zadina. Um, Please. I think a lot of people have been really harsh on him, and I get it. But also, he's young still, and he's all, like his whole career, he's been a streaky player. So I'm not worried about him yet. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people have written him off, and I'm just not at that point quite yet. I'm with you. Um, no, but I would like I, to see more from Joe Valeno, even though he, I'm sorry, cut you off. No, Go ahead. you're good. I, I, the Zadina is still a top six overall pick. So I, there's, he's still a great hockey player. He's just not in a great system. I think once you get him on a solid line, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard for him, especially in power play. If we had a solid power play and we put him on the wing, there is no way he's not going to produce. So in the right system, he will flourish yet again. Everyone's had their slumps. Don't give up on hope on Zadina. He will be back. Yeah. He is somebody that needs line mates that know how to work with him. So Yes. Once that clicks, if that ever does click, I think that he'll he'll have an upswing, an uptick. Um, but like I was saying about uh, Valeno, I, we know that he's also been a slow um progressor he's been somebody that has developed slowly and behind the rate of all of his peers but pretty steadily right like he's never had like a sharp drop off or like a backtrack he's always just kind of progressed at a slower steady incline as everybody else Mm -hmm. um and with larkin gone i would i think it would be a good opportunity for him to kind of jump into um more of the playmaker role um that some of these lines need so We'll see. We'll see what happens during during this injury and between the time um, Verona comes back and, and Larkin is out. Hopefully that he's hopefully he's not out for too long. Like if he's out for longer than four games, I'm gonna be mad. I mean, I'm mad anyways, but like four games, I'm gonna be real upset. Yeah, you know. So I am too. We need him now, so we shall mm-hmm. see. But the good news is, is that we play we play San Jose tonight. We play Winnipeg. If I'm not mistaken, they're actually doing pretty good this season. So well, we might have some trouble against Winnipeg. Thankfully, we're at home. And then we get Buffalo at home on Saturday. So if there was a time to take it off, I think now would have been the best time. So I'm not really too upset yet. Mm-hmm. 
but we yeah. shall see. It's definitely not a super hard week. No. Oh, but... and then we play Buffalo on Monday. <laughs> okay. And the good thing is, here's the good thing. So, San Jose today, Buffalo Saturday, and then Monday, and then the Philly game on Tuesday has been postponed. So, the next time we play is at home on Friday in Dallas. So, there's enough time for him, hopefully, to heal up, and we'll uh, we'll get things cooking. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Uh, those are all my thoughts. Those are all my notes. Did you have anything else you wanted to add for the good of the folks? I'm square, Chief. All righty. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We really appreciate your time. Um, if you could like and subscribe. Um, apparently, there's a rating system on Spotify now, so that's super exciting. Give us five stars. Um, but if you could also just you know share this with a friend, we would love to uh, reach people that way. Word of mouth is our, our biggest supporter. Um, anyways, we will see you next week, and hope you have a great rest of your day. I have to use the bathroom. <laughs> Flawless. Flawless performance. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.